This podcast was brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on Sirius XM. You're listening to Launchpad on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here again is Professor Carl Ulrich. Welcome back to Launchpad on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School, Sirius XM 132. I'm your host this week, Carl Ulrich. I'm the Vice Dean of Entrepreneurship and Innovation at Wharton, where I teach entrepreneurship, innovation, as well as product design. I'm very happy to welcome to the show my next guest, Yuja Chung, who's the co-founder of ERA. Yuja, thanks for coming in. Hey, Carl. Thanks for inviting me. Great to and, be here. And by coming in, I mean calling us from Taiwan, which is uh, the miracle of technology. Glad to have you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, full disclosure, Yuju was my was my student, re- recent graduate of the Wharton School, and it's always awesome to see our alums doing interesting uh, stuff. And I also want to point our listeners to the website. So it's era.io, and I'm going to spell. So A-I-R-A, era.io. So Yuju, give us the elevator pitch for era. And did I say that right? Is that the way you say it? Yeah, um, IROD era, same. People pronounce it differently. Okay. Um, sure. So a little bit about IRA. So IRA is a service that uses artificial intelligence to connect blind or visually impaired individuals to a trained remote locator agent to provide instant access to information. So the goal of IRA is to help them help the blind and low vision individuals to enhance their everyday efficiency, engagement, and independence. Okay, so that is a big aspiration, and I, you know, you may remember from class that I talk about the three questions that have to be answered in innovation. Uh, the first question is, how significant is the need? The second question is, does your solution meet the need? And the third is, can you make money at it? And uh, when I talk about the significance of the need, I said, look, is this something that lets blind people see, or is this something a vitamin pill that makes you know the promise of of uh, you know enhanced immune uh, you know immunity for mm-hmm. colds or something. So seriously, this is something that lets blind people see. Tell us a little more about how it works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, so first of all, yes, it does not help the blind people see. So unfortunately, it is not a cure of blindness. Um, however, the way how it works is basically use live streaming technology to connect a blind person with a remote assistant. So think it as you're doing a FaceTime with uh, someone that's sitting perhaps, you know, on the other coast. So the way how this thing works is that once a blind person needs help, it can be virtually anything. Uh, for example, the person can be on the street, walking down the street, trying to look for, um, look for the road, or they can be sitting at a restaurant trying to read a menu. And those are the simple tasks that we do every day that we we don't really think much about it just because how natural it comes to us, right? But for a blind and visually impaired person, this is a very, very challenging task. I mean, they have a guide dog or a white king, but neither of those can provide information to them. So that's why IRA comes into place. Uh, the goal of IRA is to help them um, get access to information whenever they need through a live streaming technology. All right, and maybe even walk us through one level more detail. So how how do they get the live streaming, and what's the interface? Uh, and maybe walk us through uh, uh, the uh, the most common use case. 
Yeah, sure. Um, so first of all, uh, uh, one of our uh, users will receive a starter kit, which includes a wearable device. I'll think of it as Google Glass. Yeah. So um, let's say a scenario, let's say this person is sitting in a restaurant trying to um, read the menu to decide what to order. So mm-hmm. the person will use the app, um, our IRA app, which is already connected to the glasses, and then they will tap on the button to be connected to an agent, and this agent can be virtually anywhere. Mm-hmm. Once they're connected, um, they'll be starting. Uh, they'll start live streaming immediately through their glass. So the glass is nothing but uh, a camera that does live streaming. And then the agent on the other end, they'll be able to see exactly what the person is seeing through this live stream. For example, if I'm in the restaurant, I'm looking at the menu. The agent on the other side will be able to see the exact menu that I'm seeing at the at the same time. And then that's also, they'll be connected to the agent through an audio phone call. So the agent will be able to connect to um, connect to the blind person uh, just by talking to them. And uh, essentially, they'll be describing the menu or the surroundings or any information the blind person seeks. So this agent really works with like you know the eyes of these blind or low vision individuals. So this is how um, how how the service works. Um, and this is one scenario. And then, for example, if they're walking down the street. The agent has access to a suite of the information, for example, the user's personal profile, the geolocation, and their preference. So let's say the blind user is walking down the street, and the agent will know exactly where they're at uh, on the Google Maps and then help them navigate uh, to their destination. All right, and then just to catch up on a couple technical questions, essentially then you use the phone, use the mobile device as the data connection and mm-hmm. and also is the way to interact with the audio. So however I normally would interact with audio with my phone, that's what I'm going to use with Ira. And so exactly. the, the the product is essentially the the Ira app plus these glasses, which which are a way of just uh, live streaming what the user is is looking at. Did you consider, out of curiosity, did you consider using uh-huh. the the mobile device's camera? And, and, and how much better is it to be able to get the actual point of view where the user is, is, is looking? Yeah, it's a great question. And in fact, we definitely thought about it. And that's actually one of the, uh, the features. Um, that we built in as well. So if a user chose to use their mobile phone's camera, they can totally do it. But I think going back to the, uh, the, the, the design files you mentioned earlier, I think one thing that we decided to use a wearable device is that first, um, obviously, a lot of things that when a person needs help, uh, they'll be busy with other stuff, right? So this yeah. solution has to be um, as inconspicuous as possible. So imagine a person holding a phone walking down the street for... Yeah. Say like 30 minutes, right? That is just not possible, especially they might have a white king or a dog that they have on the leash. So this is why we chose not to develop a solution on the mobile phone in the first place because we want to make sure that this is something that it comes natural whenever they need help, right? They just tap the button and then they'll be able to start streaming while doing whatever they're currently doing. It. Uh, and then the next thing is on the agent site, um, I think for us, we don't think much about how, you know, the way how we see things, right? But for, let's say, if you, I'm doing live streaming with you, I like this, you, it's very hard for me to understand where my eye level is or just to mm-hmm. have that uh, in my mind, right? So 
for example, if I'm streaming something and then I'm holding, you know, so, you know, that's not at my eye level, it's very hard for an agent to see things correctly yeah. and in order to provide the right information. So that's providing this wearable device that they're wearing on their face. So whatever the blind person is seeing is exactly what the agent can see. And this, this can come very, very handy. For example, if I, I need to ask a blind person to turn left or turn right or look down, it's much easier to communicate this instructions instead of saying, can you move your hand down a little bit, right? How does, what does that even yeah. mean? So because of these reasons, that's why we decided to provide a wearable solution instead of just using a handheld device. Yeah, and I'm assuming, just ask a dumb question, that first of all, most blind people are not, I shouldn't say most, many blind people are not completely blind, so they're still using some visual information. And maybe more significantly, I think you're saying that even if I am blind, I still use the orientation of my face as an indicator of where my attention is, even if I can't see. Um, that is correct. And I think a lot, a lot of the, the BVI, which is the blind and visually impaired, uh, the BVI population actually they lost their uh, their eyesight uh, gradually as yeah. they age because macular degeneration is a serious problem that uh, <laughs> that we're facing right now. So that being said, a lot of them have what we call the um, orientation immobility. So they can understand, uh, like, because they've experienced before, so they can understand when we describe things. So it's actually not as hard to describe things to them, uh, to, for, to someone that is born blind, for example. Yeah. Who, who are these agents that you're talking about, and are they your employees, or are they, is it a network of independent agents? Um, it's a very interesting question. So these agents are really people that um, that are great people that want to offer help to the blind. So what we do with this, we come up with a very sophisticated training program to make sure that all these agents who are on board are properly trained because there's a lot of things that, um, uh, that, that we need to know before we can communicate with the blind person. There's proper etiquette to follow, and there's ways to communicate to make it more efficient and more effective. So those people are independent contractors that they can sign up uh, to become an agent on our website. And once they sign up, we'll do a, a quick pre-screening to understand, basically to understand their, their level of skills. Right? So when I, when I talk about skills, what I'm talking about is, for example, is are they good at orientation? Right? If I say turn left, turn right, can you have a better understanding of what I mean? Uh, do they have a good uh, map navigating skills? And most importantly is how good are they at communicating with others uh, remotely? So those are the skills we look for. And then once they go through the training, um, we will put them into shifts. Uh, they will be taking the calls from blind uh, users and provide help uh, as needed. And they can do that from anywhere. Is uh, that right? Yeah, virtually anywhere. As long and as they have a laptop and then they have a great connection. And you said you said they're independent contractors, so presumably you pay them to do this. Oh yes, yes, yes. Okay. we definitely pay them. This is a this is a serious job, and then we understand they need to uh, have a lot of effort to 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 do a great job. So we definitely pay them. And speaking of pay, tell us about what this service costs. Ah, great. <laughs> so before I go into the service costs, I think there's a couple things I want to mention. So. The subscription model is just one of the, uh, the, the, the solution we offer. There are multiple ways that you can still get access to IRA. But uh, I'll just answer this question first. Um, IRA is a subscription-based service. 
mm-hmm. and then there are four tiers. Um, so we have a basic plan that is net, uh, $89 per month, and mm-hmm. you get 100 minutes of IRA minutes. So it's sending as a, your cell phone data plan. You can stream for 100 minutes. And then next, next tier is the plus program plus program, which is $129 and you have 200 minutes. And then we have the pro plan, which you get 400 minutes for $199 a month. And then lastly, it it is a premium. For $329, you can get unlimited access to our service. Yeah. All right. So it's a um, pretty good value. It's under under a dollar a minute, um, which, which seems seems reasonable uh and so and presumably quite a bit under that if you get the if you are using it a lot and you're using the the premium plan um so tell us a little bit about go back to the beginning where what's the origin story where did this idea come from yeah sure so um i actually is a idea that came out uh, between me and like the founder suman um we were colleagues back at our previous company so the idea of ira first came out at the beginning of 2014 and at the end of 2013, which is where Google Glass first came out. So really, uh, with this super cool device coming out, we were thinking about what can we do with it because at the time, wearable is not as big as it is right now. And yeah. obviously, as you all, all know, Google Glass had a pretty rough start because right. of the privacy issues, how useful it is. So really, we're trying to think, what can we do with this product? Because we truly believe where there there are problems that need to be solved and addressed with a, a wearable device. So we started testing out different ideas, and uh, we had a, a mutual friend, Matt Brock, which is visually impaired. So at first, we thought about what if we use the Google Glass to build, uh, let's say, a text, uh, sorry, a speech to text, a text to speech uh, solution that essentially you will use a computer perhaps AI to recognize the text and then read it back to the blind person. However, sooner uh, we realized that there are a lot of solutions out there, especially on your mobile app, which is 10 times more powerful. Right? And what value does it really bring, especially if you're just looking for text, you can easily pull up your phone and do it. So we start thinking, what are the, the most critical elements that, um, that is lacking in, when it comes to a solution for a visually impaired? And one thing that comes to top is actually the connection to people, right? Because uh, when, when, when a blind person that's living in their everyday life, they're not as connected to other people as we are just because of this nature of barrier. So especially they, ha- they do not like to ask for personal assistance because mm. uh, it's, it's, a lot of, it's a lot of work and they do not want to bother people. And then on the other hand, uh, when we have this tool, we want to think about what is the best way we can do to make their social life or make them live a more independent life? So that's how we're thinking about having this model where we actually staff a human agent that can talk to them instead of just another another AI-powered computer. So, that, so that's the idea of IRA for came out 2014, and then we tested with various people, and then they all expressed interest, thinking this is something that um, they're always looking looking for, especially this human touch. Yeah. So we built a minimal viable product, and then we went out and tested our idea, and luckily we met one one of the Android investors who also suffered a macular degeneration himself, 
um, and that's how we got started. We raised three rounds of capital so far, and right now we have more than the thousands of users using our services. Yeah. All right. Well, Yuja, I want to I want to uh, circle back on some of the things you said. Uh, first, let me remind our listeners: if you're just joining us, you're listening to Launchpad on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School, Sirius XM Channel 132. I'm Carl Ulrich, and I'm speaking with Yuja Chang, who's the co-founder of Ira, and that's A I R A dot I O, Ira dot I O. Uh, Yuja, I want to circle back and just underscore a couple things you said. One thing I thought interesting about the origin story was the very original impetus was what I would call a technology push, meaning mm-hmm. there there was a, this enabling technology, Google Glass, and you and your co-founder thought, hey, what could we do with this? But very quickly, you switched into a need pull, which is you identified this this application area of those for those who are visually impaired. And then you quickly thought, what is the best way to do this independent of what technology is out there? And I think that's good discipline, and it's a really nice example of where you started with a tech push, but you were disciplined about making sure that you focused on the user need in order to create the mm-hmm. right solution. Uh, yeah. So I just wanted to underscore that. Um, but I wanted to ask you a related question, which is, did you at the time anticipate and do you now anticipate any prospect for a full AI solution that is a solution that doesn't require another human? <laughs> this is a question that always comes up. So yes and no. Um, I think we definitely anticipate to incorporate artificial intelligence in our solution. In fact, that is already part of the solution we offer right now. But I don't think it will become, it will be replaced, the, the human agent should not be replaced by the computer, uh, at least uh, not in the near future. And the reason is that one of the core offerings that Ira offers is that human touch, right? Because you're not just, you're not just getting help by calling some strangers. You actually will build a relationship with these agents you talk to. In fact, we have users that call just so they can catch up with the agent they spoke to the other day to finish their conversation. So this is a social element that a lot of people don't think about when they come mm. to designing a solution um, for, for visual impaired. However, there's definitely benefit uh, for an AI power solution, given that we have so many data now and the technology is there. So right now what we're thinking is to build a hybrid model, um, which... Uh, it's called Chloe. Uh, it's a virtual assistant. And what it's, what it's doing is that the, our user will be able to ask Chloe for help. And the Chloe will determine if this is a task that can be simple enough to be done by the computer or it is a task that's either complicated or has, um, has liability that it will connect the user to the human agent to provide further guidance. Mm-hmm. So this is the approach of this AI push that we're doing right now. It's not like we're gradually getting rid of agents and then replacing with computer, but really we're trying to find a nice balance between the two so that the user can enjoy the convenience of having this, you know, this computer that's with you 24-7 versus the human agent that can always provide you, I'm not going to say 100%, but perhaps 99.9% accuracy of the information you're seeking. All right. Well, Yuja, I, I was looking at Crunchbase, and if Crunchbase is to be believed, you've been able to raise around $15 million 
to date. And I wonder if you could talk a little bit about financing and go back to what you had to prove initially and particularly the question about sort of market size and total opportunity. Yeah, so um, surprisingly, uh, the, the market size is fairly large, uh, and we're only talking about the United States. Um, so according to the stats, there's roughly about 22 million population in the United States that are that is legally blind or visually impaired. So say that number again. People. Did you say 22? Yes, 22 million. Okay, yeah. So in terms of market size, it's fairly big, and obviously the the the, the this, this, this population kind of scattered across the state, and with California, Texas, and Boston will be the largest group, and just because of the sheer size of the state, which makes a lot of sense. So mm-hmm. that's that, that's the market size, and really what we're trying to do is to provide this this solution to to all the blind uh, the BVI individuals out there. And in terms of funding. Um, we were able to we raised three rounds of capital. Um, the latest one was done last year, uh, mid last year, and right now we are seeking another round of capital that we are looking to close uh, in a, in the near future. So, really, we'll, the value problem we're bringing here is we're, we're bring we're bringing this solution to BVI Group, and at the same time, we're using a lot of the latest technology, as I mentioned earlier. We have artificial intelligence. We're collecting tons of data, tons of indoor maps. But those are the things that are extremely valuable just because those are not the things that you can normally get or at least in a systematic way. And, but and on top of that, this is also for a social cost. Right? So we're not just any startup that offers a, a cool or cool solution out there. Really, this is a startup with a social mission that we're trying to address a social issue that's often overlooked. Tell tell us a little bit about about how you acquire customers. So maybe maybe you could talk a little bit about how it's going and the traction. But then, what's the process by which you acquire customers? Sure. So um, as I mentioned earlier, um, the subscription based plan is not the only plan we offer. In mm. fact, um, we offer multiple different ways to use IRA. So one's called an IRA set access. So what it really is is we work with business. Entities, uh, especially the public entities like hospitals, schools, airports, to ask them to provide IRA as a service for for their visitors, right? So, for example, right now many major airports are actually a sponsor of IRA. Uh, we have SeaTag, we have Houston Airport, San Diego, and many more. And in fact, right now we're also talking about international airports in in Europe. So, really, what those public entities are doing is think about this. This, this, this ramp for the handicap, right? If a handicapped person can have access to this, um, uh, this uh, area, then why can't a low vision person have the same luxury as well? So this IRA access is actually a very, very powerful way to bring users because what it does is when a user that enters this this geolocation that we can we, we can know because of how we geofence this area, they'll receive a notification telling them that they're now in this this zone that can use our service for free. And obviously, once they have this experience with our service, um, they become, they, they will like the service more and more. Eventually, they will sign up for our services because they realize this is something they can actually use outside of airport or school. They can actually use this during their everyday life. So by having this IRA access, is a great way to acquire new customers as they live through their, um, their everyday lives. It's 
when they realize their pain points that they need help with and the where they're to help them. That's the first one. And the second but before one is, let me before you go on, Yuja, let me just ask a question. So the how how do you know you you just broadcast to anyone in the location or how do you know I mean it's if I believe those numbers five percent, eight percent of the population might be relevant, have this need. Mm-hmm. How do you know who to notify? Ah, great question. I think um, my second my um, my second point is going to address this. Okay. So the blind population is the community is actually a very very close community, ah. uh, as you can imagine. So a lot of these marketing or this, this promotion is just through word of mouth, right? Yeah. When you try out, because for a blind person. There's not that many tools out there that can help them or address their needs. So when they have something, when they have a great experience with some solution, they'll definitely tell others, right? So this is really at the core how IRA is getting spread across the blind community. People heard about us, or people saw saw us on social media, or they, you know, they met with us at conferences. But a lot of times for those people, at first they're a little skeptical, right? Just because just like any other products out there, like how great can it be and why am I paying this much money for something that I'm not so sure. So with IRA Access, really it provides them the opportunity to test out this product to see how we can help them and how powerful we are. So they might have our app downloaded already, but never sign up just because they weren't sure if they're ready to commit. But once they walk in this geofence location, they will get a push notification from us telling them, hey, you're actually inside a zone that you can use our service for free. That's so a lot of the, our, our users are acquired through this strategy, and right now it's growing uh, exponentially much faster than what we ever anticipated. Yeah, I see. So they, it's only if, they have, if they've downloaded the app, and they would have downloaded the app based on word of mouth probably. Or some other yes, or means. through yeah. social media or conferences. Yeah, you know, there's. A, I'm just going to underscore one other point here, which you, you may remember from class. There was a there's a sociologist named Everett Rogers who articulated the factors that drive diffusion rates. What cause causes diffusion? What causes diffusion to either be fast or slow? And two of the factors are. The first is comparative advantage, like how much better is the solution? So obviously things mm-hmm. that work better diffuse fa- faster. But the other is that the the solution is visible in use. And that's one of the cool things about this is if you're with your friend who is also visually impaired and he or she is using the app and the, to- and the technology, it's obvious to you that they're using it. And so that's likely to increase uh, diffusion. And so those things seem to be combining to really give you a tailwind. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so let's just, uh, just one last question. Just tell us how it's going. Yeah. Um, so far, I would been gaining a lot of attraction. In fact, uh, just kind of list a, a few milestones that we have achieved uh, so far this year. So we strike a partnership with AT&T that um, now for all our blind and visually impaired users that when they go to AT&T, they'll be able to use our service for free. And right now we're also finding many more airports, not just in the United States, also international um, airports uh, internationally to provide IRS service as well. And this last month, we launched IRA for 24-7. So now you can access IRA anytime you want, uh, any day, anytime, whenever you need help. There's always an agent there to help you. 
So Ireland's actually listed as a top 100 startup to watch by CNBC, and we're the top 15 startups to work for uh, that were um, from Glassdoor. So I think uh, in summary, there's a lot of things for us to do just to uh, to bring the solution to more people. But at the same time, we're being recognized as one of the leaders in this area, and we're very glad that uh, we're actually providing a solution that users can can use and is actually helpful for them to live a more independent life. All right. Well, Yuja, thanks so much for making the time, especially from across the Pacific, and it was super interesting. Thanks, Charles. Thanks for having me, and uh, look forward to definitely keeping in touch, and uh, All right. I'll definitely visit you sometime. Great. So, uh, Ira, uh, it, the domain name, name again is A-I-R-A, Ira, dot I-O, A-I-R-A dot I-O. I'm Carl Ulrich, Vice Dean of Entrepreneurship and Innovation at Wharton. Launchpad is produced by Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. The show airs live on Wednesdays from 7 to 9 p.m. You can find more episodes of this podcast on SoundCloud or on iTunes. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.